I'm Sunny Linarduzzi. Welcome to the Sunny Show podcast for the bright side of being your own boss and building your own life. My definition of being your own boss means showing up for yourself so you can show up for everyone and everything else personally and professionally. So congratulations on showing up, boss. I promise to support you on your journey with every single episode. Let's begin. He's worked with Olympic athletes, entrepreneurs, and leaders of all kind. And now he's sharing the key to transforming your life through his new book, The Alter Ego Effect, The Power of Secret Identities to Transform Your Life. My friend Todd Herman is back on the show today. He has spent 22 years helping ambitious people achieve wildly outrageous goals, and he's going to share his biggest secret weapon and how you can apply it to your life today. I am telling you, this episode blew my mind. The concept of this will blow your mind. This book was bid on by nine different publishers. It is such a hot topic and in such high demand. So I'm truly honored to have Todd here today to talk about this. And I'm so excited to hear how it goes when you start applying these very simple tactics to your life to really up-level your game across the board. Be sure to share this episode out on social media. The more you share, the more people we can get listening to this free content, and it helps us keep going. Be sure to also leave a rating and a review. It goes a lot further than you might think and allows us to reach even more people. So if you like this content, if you enjoy this podcast, the more you share, the more people we can reach. If you want to share this out on Instagram, be sure to tag me at Sunny Leonard Doozy. I love seeing your reviews and your feedback. Makes me super happy to know that this content is making a difference for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to do that. All right, let's get into this super secret, super effective method for truly up-leveling every aspect of your life. Let's go. Welcome back to the show. I'm so happy to have you back. I mean, last time you were on the show, the podcast was super successful. We got a lot of feedback on it. People are still giving us feedback to this day about high performance, but today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different. So first and foremost, tell me all about this new book you have coming out. Yeah. Um, well, and thank you for having me back, of course, uh, to be on the doozy of a day show. Uh, <laughs> um, I love it. I need to change the name. <laughs> we need to change the name. Um, yeah. Well, so yeah, the book is a book. The book is a product of something that's like 15, 16 years in the making, um, building alter egos and secret identities for athletes and high performers was, you know, one of my go-to tools that I would use with people and for people to help them get all of the capability, all of that hard work that they put into crafting their skills out and onto the field of play when it mattered, right? Like there's so many people, whether it's athletes or entrepreneurs or whoever that have this kind of governor or what I'll refer to oftentimes as the, the you know, the parking brake on and they're in something about how they see themselves or their own narrative it, that they're, um, they're pulling on that brake and it's slowing them down. And the great thing about an alter ego or a secret identity is it bypasses that. It's it, what I call, it suspends the disbelief that you can't do it, but Oprah could do it mm. or Superman could do it or a grizzly bear can do it. And I mean, the great thing and the fun thing about it is that alter egos and secret identities come in all shapes and different sizes. And the great thing about it is it's meaningful to you. 
mm-hmm. um, which I talk about in the, in the book and all the people through history who have used different alter egos. But, you know, I've been using it for 15, 16 years, building them um, uh, with, with people. And it's funny on airplanes when, you know, for the longest time, people say, what do you do? And then I'd kind of, you know, I'd, I'd give them this, the, the boring version. And then when we get into it, they're like, wait, you get paid to build alter egos for people? And I'm like, yeah, rather well. Yeah, rather well. <laughs> um, and, I get to, and I get to work with some amazing, you know, amazing people. And so, you know, I've had people for the longest time ask me to write this book and, and I wasn't ready for it. And um, I've got dyslexia. And, I, and again, that was that thing that was trapping me. And I talk about the trapped self and the heroic self inside the book. And I would use it as maybe some sort of excuse to knock it out there. Really, really though, I, I wasn't quite ready to get that idea out. Um, and so it talks about the history of alter egos, um, the process for actually how to build one that, um, really honors what you want to go and do and how you want to show up out there. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of surprising kind of little twists in there for people in history that have used them very successfully that people wouldn't have no idea have used them. Well, so, I mean, this is not gonna be surprising for anyone listening right now, but my first thought when I heard the title of the book was actually Beyonce because yeah. she uses Sasha Fierce. Sasha Fierce yeah. is her alter ego. And it's, she says, it's like, I'm a different person when I'm on stage. I'm this very like, mm-hmm. you know, out there aggressive version of myself and behind the yeah. scenes, I'm pretty demure and quiet and whatever. And I remember hearing that for that, that for the first time long before yeah. I knew about your book. And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting technique, but I never really thought much of it. And I didn't really think about how I could apply it to my life. Yeah. So I guess my question is like, who is this for? Sure. So, I mean, there's so many stories in there from people who've used it to help them become better parents. I use it um, as a parent. I'll, I'll kind of talk about who, you know, I use as the, uh, the alter ego to pull out the traits that I want to display for my, I've got three little kids here in New York city where I am. And uh, I tell people all the time, it's like raising an oak tree in the thimble of New York city. Um, and you know, but there is, I mean, it's such an important role that I play in my life and I want to absolutely give the most heroic version that I can to my kids. Um, you know, so there's, so there's that. And then there's people who use it obviously for, I mean, it's very easy people go, Oh, well, that makes sense that David Bowen would use that, would use that for like Ziggy Stardust because he gets to express a creative part of his personality um, or Beyonce. So people who go and stand on stages, but you know, I'm a parent, I live a fairly normal life. Um, and I always question people. It's like, do you live a normal life? Like, you know, or are you bored with it? Because there's an extraordinary version of that life that you could have that you can step into and be more playful with it. Um, and, and I talk about how, I talk about the different studies in there about how it affects kids and their grit and their perseverance and their positive self-talk when they adopt these, um, you know, alter egos or play a character. So um, it's the worst thing. It's the worst answer you can give someone around like, who is the target? I mean, you would talk about this to people, but um, I just use so many stories in there, but really if there's a target group, it's for achievers mm-hmm. who are doing hard things because mm-hmm. uh, the nature of doing hard stuff is you're faced with many challenges and obstacles. And so, um, that's what it's there uh, meant to go and do. Got it. Okay. So, and you said you've worked with athletes in the past. Um, in, in that specific case, how do you kind of implement it with them? What is the process to get them to really take that on before? Because I would imagine, and of course it's for people who are high achievers because and I think we talked about this on the last podcast episode that you're on. The idea of high performer, high achiever, um, 
Mm-hmm. You kind of are putting on a mask when you're stepping on stage, stepping on a field, doing anything that is outside of your comfort zone, which as an entrepreneur, as an athlete, you constantly are having to do. So yeah. what does the process really look like? Yeah, well, um, I mean, there's, I, it was actually one of the things that just kind of behind the scenes people, anyone who's ever written a book, there's a process, I mean, a book is turn the page, turn the page, turn the page, right? And so it's sequential. The, the thing with this uh, thing with like the alter ego effect, which is really there's a big idea behind it, which um, is, is that there is a core self that sits inside all of us that is just this pure pace place of possibility. Um, and, and one thing that we as human beings are gifted with that truly does make us unique on the planet is our creative imagination, our ability to suspend disbelief or to build worlds in our heads, whether true or not, um, to make a heaven from hell and a hell from heaven kind of thing. Our ability to creatively decide who and what we want to be and show up as is something that makes us unique on the planet. Um, and, and, and my problem with writing the book was that because a book is sequential, truth is like the center of town. There's many different ways, streets, avenues, ways to get there, right? And same thing with an alter ego. There's so many ways to, you know, get to wherever you're, the inspiration of your alter ego. Um, and uh, it wasn't until I was working with my writing coach where we were talking about this. And I was like, this is, I was like so wrapped up in it. And, and then all of a sudden we both said at the same time, oh, this is the choose your own adventure book. And so after I get through chapter number, like chapters one, two, and three, which really sets the foundation of it, then I say, uh, you know, I'm telling you all right now, you, you jump into it and I'm like, hey, if you're fascinated with chapter 14, where I'm talking about totems and artifacts, and how to activate the alter ego, then go read that. But if, or if you're fascinated with like the origin story part of like how all of that gets built so that you emotionally connect to it and it makes it really powerful, then go read that chapter. If you want to know about the idea of like naming the enemy, you know, and, and, and defeating that enemy, then go to, go to that chapter um, because you're going to end up bouncing around anyway. And so, um, but for the benefit of everyone here, I think the first great place to start with is I talk about the field of play. And in our um, previous interview, we talked about that as well, where for me, I think it's really important that everyone understands that contextually in our lives, we have many fields that we go and we play on. There's many stages that we stand on. And on each of those stages, there's a role that we're playing, right? The role that I'm playing with everyone now is very different than the role I play with my, my little kids, right? And they don't want, I mean, you know, how I want to see myself and how I want to show up for my, my clients and people that I serve is someone who's confident and articulate, decisive as a business owner. Because I don't want to be indecisive because that's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. I definitely was that when I first started out. But when I'm in my home with my kids, I want to be fun and playful and that, you know, get on the ground and play with my kids and wrestle around and muck around and stuff. Like different parts of me is, sh- is showing up. And so what I would say to everyone right now is, what is one area, one field of play for you that you're most frustrated and challenged by right now? Because we end up getting frustrated and challenged. And I talk about this in, in chapter three, especially that there is a, there's a heroic self that we end up feeling like when, you know, you get to the end of your day and you're like, I smashed that. I showed up exactly like I wanted. It feels like, you know, you were wearing the cape that day. Mm-hmm. And then there's times where we end our day and our, our head is going on the pillow and there's something about our day that we, we didn't respond like we wanted to when someone made a comment to us or I didn't ask for the sale like, oh, I should have, 
you know, I just sort of let that person get off the phone. And, and that was our trapped self, right? And that's what makes us feel like, because we felt like we were trapped at that time. Um, and, and so if there's any part or if there's any stage specifically that you feel that you're most unhappy with, that's a great place to start with where we can, maybe you're, you're feeling trapped and you're, you're dealing with something, but it doesn't need to be like that. Um, we can, that's, a, that's, that was the one thing that was very powerful and why it was always a big part of my toolkit was because you gotta remember, like I would get called on a Wednesday for someone who was going to be playing in the U S open tennis championship on Saturday. And I can't be just giving them strategies that are like long-term payoff strategies over time. I need to come in and help people very quickly. And that was always the one thing with using alter egos and identities is just because of the power of the imagination, people can suspend who they are or what they think they can do when they're channeling someone or something else. But at the end of the day, don't forget it's still, you that's bringing that out there. You're just, you're just tapping into a vehicle of someone and something else to make that happen. So for the first place to start, what field is challenging you right now? So is it business? Um, is it sales? Is it, you know, your home life right now? Maybe that's the place to do it. Is it with, you know, uh, your social life or wherever? So first pick the field because we want to build context first because we don't build an alter ego for our entire life. We build it for specific purposes, for specific fields. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the first step in it, and then it's okay. Then how in that process, what are the characteristics that you're demonstrating that are frustrating you? Because again, we beat ourselves up. This isn't again. I want to make people clear. This isn't some Pollyanna world that we live in. Again, I live in the world of elite performance and, and, and top performing people. But I also talk to people who, you know, are, um, you know, have small businesses and it's not just elite athletes only and everybody it's, everybody's the same people struggle with stuff. And so, um, what are those characteristics that you beat yourself up over or that you judge yourself with? I'm a great example of that. When I first started out in business, I was 21 in Edmonton, Alberta, um, building my mental game coaching business and doing peak performance stuff. And I was terribly insecure about how young I looked. I was like, who's going to listen to me, you know, on, on a stage or anywhere. I'm 21. I look like I'm 12 and, and no, did I have value? hundred percent. I did. I had this ability to help people perform because I used it when I played. Now, was I an expert? No but I wasn't asking to work with pros at the time. So I needed to develop. So I wasn't showing up with confidence. Um, I wasn't decisive. I was indecisive because I would set the intention of, you know, calling people and trying to get a something booked, but it wouldn't happen. And I, I had a real tough time articulating what I was, was doing. I was all over the place. So those were the three things for me. I, I lacked confidence. I was insecure. Um, I was indecisive and I wasn't a good communicator. Okay. So those were the three things that really frustrated me. Great. That, that was my baseline. Those are the characters or our characteristics that were showing up. Now, if we move on to like a step two with it, um, now we want to go to, well, to flip it, what are the characteristics that you want to go and show up as? And there's, this is, this is why I talk about it in the book is sometimes this is one way to do it where you want to identify what your characteristics are. Or another way of thin slicing it is to go to who do you admire mm. or what do you admire out there that you love the characteristics that they display 
because that might be the, that might tell you what it is that you want. And we all do this. We all watch movies or TV shows and we go, oh, I wish I could, I wish I could act like James Bond in that. Right. Like, like or um, Ziva David from NCIS. And I say her because, or Wonder Woman or, you know, um, uh, Tony Stark or you, you name it, you know, Thor. We, we, it's very easy for people to think that every, every um, alter ego is about superheroes. And those are oftentimes great gateway alter egos. But oftentimes when you unravel it, people start to peel back the onion and they go, actually, it's this one. And so you're never, don't get so caught up in like finding the perfect one. It's like, no, 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 you, you, you play with it. That's, mm-hmm. that's, don't forget that that's what makes us, you know, really powerful as species on the planet is our ability to play with these ideas. So anyways, there's two ways. What are those characteristics? So for me, again, it was, well, if I'm indecisive, I want to be decisive. If I'm insecure, I want to feel secure and confident. So confident was I wanted to show up as. Um, and if I'm uh, like someone who's all over the place and I'm not a good communicator, I want to be articulate. Right? So then when someone goes, what did that person just say? I don't want that experience. I want them to say, oh, I get it. I get what they're doing it. Um, and then when you combine those three things together, someone who's speaking with confidence, they're articulating it well, and they're very decisive. I mean, those are all things that people would love to tap into because, again, how do most people experience life? They feel indecisive. They, they, some people are looking to tap into more confidence. Um, and when you can articulate it in a way that they go, oh, I get that, I want that kind of thing. That's gonna, and so that was my, that, those were the characteristics that I wanted. And so then I was like, okay, well, who's showing those things right now? And I had some, you know, other um, ideas or mentors. Well, Superman shows those things. So that was kind of one place that I started. Um, there was, you know, from an articulation standpoint, I was always super enamored with this gentleman, Joseph Campbell, who wrote The Hero's Journey. Um, and I was a big fan of his. Uh, Stephen Hawking was um, a major, major influence for me as well. Um, and Carl Sagan, like all these, I mean, I li- I'm working in sport, but I can tell you, I am 100% built with nerd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, so that was a big part of who I use as characteristics. Like Carl Sagan, super articulate, just so poetic with what he, mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell, like breaking down like really complex things, like mythical stories. And, um, uh, the same thing with, um, any of the other people that I was trying to adopt there characteristics and then Superman as that like confident self showing up just as a, a state that I wanted to be in. Uh, so that's any questions around that? That's- so, so yeah, I totally get that. And so you identify the people and yeah. do you, how do you kind of like, I mean, my, the hippie in me is like, do you have them on a vision board? <laughs> like, do you mm-hmm. have, like, where do you put them? How do you, how do you actually start to embody those characteristics? Yeah. Cause I would love to like, you know, say I, I, I want to embody Beyonce and I'll keep yeah. going back to her because I love her and Oprah. Um, but it's like, how do you actually make it happen then? How do sure. you actually turn it on? Yeah. So we talk about, okay, now what's that? How do we, what's the activation event? How do we activate that person? Well, there's a principle in um, psychology uh, that's called enclosed cognition. Okay. Um, enclosed cognition means that we as human beings, we we um, attach meaning to the things that we wear or the things that other people wear, right? Like when you see someone with a, a medical coat on, a doctor's coat on, 99% of people, there might be some people might have some bad experience with them, but they think immediately smart, smart. very educated, 
expert, right? Um, could be even serious or sophisticated, whatever. Again, the, again, now you're, now you're attaching traits and characteristics to someone, whether they deserve it or not. Right. The same thing happened to me. Well, I mean, early on, cause I built my entire business on stages. So whether, um, I deserved it or not, or whether anyone deserves it or not, the moment I went on stage, you, imat- you immediately attach context to that person that they might be an expert because maybe they got brought in. And so now, you know, they were, you know, if someone introduces me and they brought me in, then that means I must be an expert because they vetted me or something. But, you know, but the things that we wear or other people wear carry meaning. And um, there's a great study that was done at the, uh, the Kellogg School of Management where they brought a bunch of students into a room. And have you ever seen that puzzle that is um, the, the word of a color, but the color inside the word is different? So it might oh. be yellow, but it's in green. Oh, and weird. Then, no. And then red is in blue. Pink is in brown. And so it, it's usually like a five by five square. So there's 25 boxes with you know, colors and and, and so what they did is they stood the person in their street clothes in front of the thing and said, okay, now we want you to go through this uh, puzzle as fast as you can. And they're going to time them and log their mistakes. So they do it and they track it all with all the students that are doing it. They leave. Then they bring in another group of students and they get them to put on a painter's coat, a white painter's coat. And they do the exact same thing and they log everything. They leave. And then they bring in another group and they give them the exact same white coat except this time they tell them that it's a lab coat or a doctor's coat mm-hmm. and then they do it and they log all the results. Okay. So what do you think the difference was between the people who wore the painter's coat and who were just in their street clothes? I would assume that the people in the painter's coats were more confident about it. Okay. Um, there was no difference whatsoever. Really? No difference. Now the lab coat, doctor's coat people, they did it in less than half the time they made less mistakes and they showed higher focus and concentration skills. Interesting. Well, that's because when they put on the coat, they adopted the traits of a doctor who is more focused, has higher levels of concentration, smarter, yeah. smarter all that kind of stuff. And so did the, did the human being change? No. At this, no, but they did change. Their results right. changed. Yeah. Right? And so, um, that's powerful. Now they did the exact same experiment, except this time they gave them a creative test. What happened to the people that were wearing the lab coat and the street clothes? They got the exact same results. Right. But the moment someone was told that it was a painter's coat, they were able to do the creative, um, uh, the creative test with more creativity Interesting. Um, than, than others did. So that's, that's an example of enclosed cognition. We attach meaning to things. So to your point, how can we activate things? Well, we talk about, uh, we, we would always talk about a totem and an artifact. Using a totem or an artifact to activate that alter ego. So going back to myself. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up in my small little rural school of Schuler, Alberta, in the middle of nowhere, truly, um, 65 kids from, from kindergarten to grade nine, my best friend all going through school, Mark, um, he had a pair of glasses. And he was legitimately one of the smartest people in Canada. He won the national math test. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, so super smart guy. And um, he had glasses. So early on, we adopt beliefs at young ages, right? Yeah. People who are smart wear glasses. Yeah. And then in my sister's grade, a year younger than me, James, he wore glasses. Super smart as well. Um, top, top kid in that class. So again, fast forward to 21. Now, when I played sport, 
I used an alter ego when I was a college football player. That was one thing that you and I bonded over is sports. And, um, and, and so I used this, this composite alter ego of Geronimo when I played football. I went out as Geronimo, but really Geronimo was um, a real tribe of Indians, um, warriors, along with Walter Payton and Ronnie Lott, two Hall of Fame um, NFL football players. And I would take trading cards and I had uh, three trading cards for Walter Payton and I had two for Ronnie Lott. And I would put uh, one of Walter Payton's in my helmet and I had this ritual that I'd go through right before the game, put one in for Walter Payton. I'd stuff uh, Ronnie Lott's underneath my shoulder pads and I would put, because I wanted to hit like him, I wanted to think like Walter and on the field. And I put two more of Walter's in my uh, thigh pads because I wanted to run like him. And so that was my ritual of activating my alter ego. The final thing was when I put on the helmet, that was me turning it on. And I had this kind of movie that would play in my, in my head in, uh, in what I would call my mental game film, where I'd go into this game film room and I would see Walter and Ronnie and the tribe of Native Americans, including Geronimo, come into the room and Walter would hand me those five cards and he would say to me, here you go play like us today, embody who we are, but don't you fucking play any different like how we would. Mm. And it was about being, it was just like being, and again, it was a swear, but it was like, embody us. Don't, don't go out there as us and not be us out there. Right. Be us. And that emotion is so powerful. Like we, we are ruled by it and I want to be ruled by it in a positive way to unleash my heroic self out there. So I did. And that was, that was what I was. And I did. I, it helped me activate the zone and flow state because that's where it comes from. Totally. And when I was, I, something similar, when I was in broadcasting school, I remember when I had my first on-camera test and I was so nervous and I grew up watching this local news anchor, Jill Crop, and uh, I just idolized her. And that was mm-hmm. my dream job at that point in my life was to be the six o'clock news anchor. And so I remember embodying her traits. I would sit there and study what she sounded yeah. like, how she moved, all of these things. And I remember I wore a blazer because she wore a blazer. And I was like, okay, I'm her. Yeah. And I guess the thing for me, the question that I have is this all makes so much sense. And it, it's so powerful because it's, it is kind of like a little secret power, se- secret superpower that yeah. is your own thing. Nobody else needs to know about it. And it will just sort of turn it on. Yeah. Um, my question is, do you feel like at, at a certain point, you're kind of like faking it till you make it a little bit mm-hmm. until you hit the place where you're like, okay, no, I've got this without these yeah. little extras. It, yeah. Does that ever happen? Or do you kind of always have this alter ego in your back? No. Well, okay. So to, to wrap up with me, so I was so insecure. Glasses made sense to me. People wear glasses are smarter. Um, so I was in Edmonton and I, I was like, in that moment, I was like, wait a second. I used the alter egos when I played football. This is just a new field that I'm, you know, going into and a role that I'm playing. So why don't I go and get a pair of glasses? So I went and got a pair of non-prescription glasses. I had 2015 vision. I still have 2015 vision. I don't need these glasses. And I bought those glasses in 1997 when wearing glasses wasn't cool yet. Like it wasn't stylish <laughs> to wear those glasses. And when I went, the optometrist was like, you don't want to, pres- you don't need a prescription for these. And I said, no, no, no. I just want the glasses. He's like, nobody comes in and buys glasses to have glasses. Yeah. Everyone, everyone wants contact lenses and they want LASIK eye surgery. And I'm like, ah, oh, selling people. Um, and so, but that's what I do. And so I, I called it my reverse Superman. 
So if Superman takes off the glasses to become, or puts on the glasses to become Clark Kent, I would put on the glasses to become my super self, that heroic self to go out there. Um, and so uh, there's this great Hollywood silver age act, uh, actor, um, Cary Grant, who has this great, qu- great quote that he shared. Um, and Cary Grant was always known for being debonair and stylish and someone that many people aspired to be. And he always played that kind of leading man in those old movies. And, um, but really for him, he struggled with mental health a lot of his life and, um, but he didn't want it to rule him. And he says, it's great quote that he says, I, I acted like Cary Grant or I became Cary Grant, but at some point they merged. Uh And so, uh, and Beyonce, when she retired Sasha Fierce, because she doesn't need Sasha Fierce anymore. Yeah. she, She talked about it as well, where, um, and she didn't say it this way. But, you know, when you think about her history, she grew up in a gospel singing family, very much religious. Now she's going into a group where she's singing provocative lyrics, wearing provocative clothing. Of course, that is going to somehow make you feel uncomfortable. But she wanted to explore that, you know, creative side of her personality. So she created Sasha Fierce to make it okay for her to go out and do that and express that side of herself. And then at some point in time, again, they merged. The artist and the person merged, and she didn't need it anymore. I didn't need the glasses after probably a couple of years. I just continued to wear them because I just liked wearing them. And for me, in the end, it was about just reminding myself that I'm being very intentional about this period of time that I'm going into, which is the work part of my day, so that I can bring my best to it. And now I wear them as well as a signal to everyone else because obviously I'm the harbinger of the idea of the alter ego effect that, you know, People, people do this. Totally. So, but like you said, I always recommend to people that you, you can keep this as a secret part for just you. You don't have to share it with everyone else um, around you, that it can be your little private thing. And for athletes especially, we, we typically do keep it secret um, just because uh, it, is, it prevents the trash talking. And, you know, but either way, it's, it's up to you. It's, it's up to you how you want to kind of so we use those. So for me, it was like when I took, when I put on those glasses, even after a while, it didn't take long. Cause you know, the, the arm here is sliding across, you know, my, my temple, it would be like a s- switch on and off, just flicking it on and on. And the moment I took them off, I was just, you know, back to, you know, whatever that other self is that just operates um, normally. But you know, this version of me is the confident, the articulate and the decisive one. I'm not a different person. And again, you said, you use the term faking it till you make it. And a, what's, what's, what's that word doesn't help most people because, or term doesn't help most people because it's just worth faking it. Right. Like yeah. right off the bat, that's why people have such a resonant uh, to it. It feels inauthentic. Cause it yeah. feels inauthentic. Yeah. And this has nothing to do because faking it till you making it is, is an outside in approach, right? We're doing it to maybe impress someone else or other people. This is about impressing yourself. Mm-hmm. This is about being intentional and understanding that you have a real, amazing, inbuilt power that's innate to every single human being and about bringing that part of you out there. And, and so we're just using an alter ego to draw those traits and characteristics out of that field. Um, and it's not about um, a person being inauthentic because really, if you really think about what challenges human beings that are doing hard things, you know, they're, they're, they, or they want to do something that's important to them. Nothing is more frustrating at the end of your day than just feeling like you didn't leave it all out on the field. Like you didn't do the things that you wanted to do. That was you being inauthentic. And if you tap into Oprah 
or Mother Teresa or the Dalai Lama or, you know, Tony Stark or whoever to help you get that out there, that's you being authentic. That's you doing the thing that you wanted to do. Like when you actually look at your field, the player, the, your calendar at the end of your day, and you're like, man, I, I did it. That's authenticity. Authentic, inauthentic is when you could have done something and you did it. That's inauthentic. Can I ask, so you, with your um, professional life, the glasses have been a huge help. I'm curious to know when you go home with your, you're with your kids, what are the alter egos that come into play when you're at home? Well, um, I don't know. Have you seen the documentary with, um, uh, on Mr. Rogers? No, I haven't. You got to watch it. Okay. Um, and so I grew up watching Mr. Rogers and now do my kids need confident, articulate and decisive odd to show up? No, they want fun, playful, get on the ground and muck around with them, you know, version of who I am. And so, um, you know, and I have, I, I would say I've got a fairly strong personality, but I don't want to dominate my kids with that. And so Mr. Rogers is a hundred percent a big part of the influence of who I want to show up as around my kids. And so when I get home, I'll never wear my glasses around my kids. I mean, I've lost more pairs of glasses because they go into my bag and they wear them because, you know, they're not going blind putting them on because there's nothing, there's no prescription there. Right. But um, there's a bracelet that my daughter, Molly, made for me a few years ago and it has, uh, or a couple of years ago, and it has MSC on it. So the initials of all three of my kids, Molly, Sophie, and Charlie. And uh, I leave it on a little hook at the front door and I just take a moment, you know, before I step across that threshold about thinking about who, who, who needs to go into this stage and being intentional. And when I go in, I put on the bracelet and I give a little snap just as a bit of an activation thing with it. Um, and that's why now, does that mean that I am a perfect father? Of the time? No, but if I can, if I can improve my performance around my kids by 10 or 15%, because there are moments where I catch myself when I'm about to do or say something that wouldn't honor Mr. Rogers legacy, that is a big win for me. Right. You know, and, and, and I can tell you specifically an example is, um, so, uh, I have a condition called misophonia. Misophonia is an inner ear um, uh, condition where certain decibels of noises drive you into an internal rage um, and make and, and and when I say it, I mean like you. Can, My best friend has it, and I you, I'm you, very very familiar with this. Yeah, you can't control, and it's and it's crazy, and, and it wasn't it. My my wife understands it, but anyway, my, my middle daughter Sophie, she has a certain decibel with the way that she's like when she has her screaming fits that which just drives me, I mean, like into a mad, mad rage. It's, it's hard to explain to people because it's, it's such a visceral thing. And they're just like, you know, settle down or meditate or whatever. I've been meditating for 22 years. That ain't helping. Yeah. Um, and it's just a condition. So um, anyway, but when I can hold on to that idea, Mr. Roger, like instead, you know, I, I would, if she's screaming, I would need screaming with screaming. That's not going to help. Rarely does that energy help another energy. So when she's screaming, you know, I go in for uh, a hug and embrace. And so I'll just pick her up because that's what she needs. She needs that kind of comfort to mm -hmm. make her feel like it's going to be okay. And um, man, when I started doing that, it transformed how long her crying fits would be. I mean, now they're only a, a few seconds because she's just, she's getting what she needs. She's not alone. She's, or whatever that her internal experience is. Um, and that's 100% inspired by what would Mr. Rogers do? He always got down on a knee. 
he never looked down on kids. He always, if you look at any of the old footage, he was always down on their level, right? So that's what, that's, of course, I'm going to do that as well. So I love that. A simple little idea. So of course, I'm not the same in all areas. And I mean, that's no different than any of us. Of course, we're, parts of our personality get drawn out differently when you're around when you're around um, your parents or your family or when you're around your friends or when you're on a stage speaking or when you're, you know, sitting down and you're thinking through the, your, your scripts for your next videos, all different parts of who Sonny is are coming out. Now the question is, is are there some of those areas that you feel trapped in? Like mm. the, the real, like a part of you isn't getting out there. Well, you could go the long road of trying to, you know, intellectually change yourself or you could just, you could leverage an alter ego and circumvent all of that um, disbelief and, and tap into it. Well, and I think that's where this is so powerful, um, particularly for uh, you listening, because I know there's people who want to be starting YouTube channels or starting a podcast or just putting themselves out there. And yeah. I, that's truly the top question that I get is, yeah. how do you just start? How do you just put yourself out there? How do you just go on camera? And I guess for me, I've just been doing it for so long that yes. it's second nature for me. Yeah. Um, and I started when I was so young and started in traditional media and all that stuff. So I've had a lot of practice, but doesn't mean it was never scary for me. And truly I did use an alter ego at the beginning without even really knowing it to yeah. have that confidence behind me. And now I've really kind of just become more of myself and I don't really need that as much anymore. But this is such a powerful tool for new entrepreneurs, yeah. for people who are just trying to find the confidence to spread their message and show up and get out there. So for someone who is just starting their journey, um, what do you recommend is kind of their, their very first step here in, in tackling this and figuring out what they want to get out there? Well, you mean on in, for your particular crowd who are looking at getting something out there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do what we do, what do what we've all done that have actually built up a level of skill, practice it. Mm. Just the idea that you're not hitting publish on this thing. You're just, just, just like you, 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 when you're driving home one night and you see the lone person on the soccer field doing the reps I get so excited when I see people like that or the one person who's running around the track. I'm just like, wow, what a winner that person is. They're doing the thing that, you know, it's, it's that classic thought of, um, you know, character and integrity is, is doing what, um, what you would do even if nobody was watching, mm -hmm. right? And I'm just like, wow, like those people are winners. And so same thing for all of you. It's like, sit down like right now if we just grab the grab the um grab the camera or grab the thing and um talk about um spend the next two minutes to talking about why the two chocolate bars that you love are the two chocolate bars that you love why do you like snickers and reese's pieces so much and then just as a little you know cherry on top of it don't do it as yourself do it as sunny or do it as how would oprah do that mm -hmm. play with that idea in your head um, but again, you don't even need to do that, but just don't hit publish. Just, just practice the skill of how do you open? How do you open up? Uh, how do you open up a video? Cause I mean, that's the one thing that you do amazingly well. Thank you. So, so go and watch 10 videos of how Sunny did it. And then, you know, copy down the first two sentences that she did it. And then just do a video of you do, reading those two sentences. I mean, it's like, it's like sports. Sports is won and lost at the opening and closing of the period in a hockey game. So the first five minutes and the last five minutes of a period in a hockey are where the majority of goals are scored. You know, same thing in football. 
the beginning of the quarter or the end of the quarter is where a lot of the points are scored. In baseball, the first and second innings and the eighth and ninth innings are where a lot of goal or, um, runs are scored. Well, the same thing in video. You're going to win and lose on how you open and how you close. So go practice your openings from Sonny or anyone else who inspires you. Go practice your closings and how you can close things up. And then, you know, you can, you can work on the middle stuff too. Well, and I think that's a really interesting point because I often forget that even the smallest things are a big win for people. So even if you can just go on an Instagram story and put yourself out there, or I often will say, just, just do a live stream on Facebook, just to your friends and family. Those are the people that are going to support you, but at least you're getting yourself out there and you're just practicing. Um, And that's the thing to understand here too, is that I've been doing this for over 10 years now. Like I've been on camera for over 10 years. Um, And everyone that you're seeing that's successful and that's out there and getting the big opportunities, I've been doing this for a long time. So it takes that practice and congratulate yourself and pat yourself on the back for doing the work, even if no one is watching. So here's here's one for you. Let's let's go go one better for everyone. Um, I think that, okay, over the course of the next year, Anyone who goes on to Instagram or Facebook Live and they tag me and they tag you in that post um, and w- whatever they put into it, um, maybe don't say you watched the worst interview ever. Just say something, say something nice, but, um, uh, but tags, tags us. For every single month, I'll give away um, a, uh, a membership or, a co- uh, or a, uh, one of my courses that's going to go along with the alter ego effect. You know, everything's in the book already but I'm going to put more multimedia together for people. So I'll give away a course every single month. If you tag, tag us. And at the end of the year, I will give away a free coaching call with anyone that does tag at the end of the year, where we can talk about anything regarding your life, mental game stuff. I mean, I've been doing this for 22 years. And so let's do that. Well, that was unexpected and amazing. And just for context, I mean, I think it's important for people to know, what do you charge for a coaching call? Just so what people understand the value of this. Um, So, well, I actually don't do one-off calls, um, but to start working with me um, privately is is six figures. If I was to put a price somewhere on um, a call with me, it's going to be everywhere between say $3,500 and $5,000 to get on the phone with me. So pretty amazing. So you guys just tag us. You're, this is your challenge. You have to just yeah. do an Instagram story, tag both of us. And once a month, Todd will pick a winner. And then at the end of the year, he's going to pick a winner for that coaching call, which would be so invaluable as well. Um, well here's one. So I'll, I'll, I'll pick a winner every day for the first week that this, this is out. Wow. Okay. So okay. every day I'll pick a new winner um, for people who tag us. Amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Perfect. Well, impromptu contest. I like it. Um, So thank you so much. This is so beneficial. And I know it's going to be so helpful to those of you listening. And I want you guys to share this out on Instagram. If you found it helpful, make sure that you share your thoughts. I love seeing your feedback on the podcast. Um, And I'm so excited for this book. So thank you so much. Where can people go to buy it and find it and review it and all the things? Yeah. Well, they can go to alteregoeffect.com and on there we have all the links that'll help direct you to the proper store in your, in your area. Um, uh, but of course, you know, you can get it on Amazon. We have the audible uh, version of it as well. So if you prefer audio, there's that the hardcover, the Kindle and, and all that kind of good stuff. But, uh, yeah, they can go to alteregoeffect.com where they can find out more about it. And, um, and then of course, just like you, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as well. Just Todd underscore Herman. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your fellow bosses. Congratulations on showing up for yourself today. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.